Hello, and welcome to today's Mighty Underdogs podcast. Hello, my name is Armando Ojeda, and with me today is my co-host and fellow Mighty Underdog, Tom Nixon. Hello, Tom. Hello again, Armando. How are you? Doing very well, thanks. How are you doing? Oh, hanging in there, making the uh, final turn into the fourth quarter here pretty soon, so getting excited. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, because it is fourth quarter, uh, some of us begin to actually plan for the following year. And of course, everybody has um, the idea of wanting to grow their business, but not necessarily a plan to grow their business. <laughs> yes. Who is it that said hope is not a plan? Right. So, yeah, That's we all a- hope that the new year brings prosperity. Right. We always say that a prosperous new year. But yeah, too many of us actually sit down and, and put the, the hope into a plan and the plan into action. That's correct. Well, so today uh, we're going to have uh, someone who's going to talk to us about really what growth means and how to achieve it, uh, because some of us and there's a lot of messaging out there. Um, says that growth is just more sales and more money, but that's not entirely true. Yeah, I think there's a, a bunch of different ways to look at growth, especially for those of us who consider ourselves muddy underdogs, which, you know, I'll speak for myself personally, my idea is no longer to quote unquote scale the company, you know, to grow and have tons of employees and, and, you know, this huge supply chain and all of the headaches that can go into growth, which we'll talk about with our guest. But I think there's more than one way to look at growth. And sometimes you need a third party to step back and say, okay, Tom, what do you really want in terms of growth? Do you want more sales, more employees, more, 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 or do you want more profitability? I mean, there's all sorts of different ways to grow. So Maybe we should bring in our guest to, uh, rather than you and I conjecture as to how to grow, we'll bring in the expert. Uh, today's guest is Donna Hover. So Donna is a growth strategist and small business owner, of course, and she's advised literally thousands of business owners on what they need to do to scale their business and or achieve their goals. So I added the or in there because again, maybe it's not scale the business. We'll find out. Today, she's gonna tell us all about the barriers to growth, um, some seen and some unseen. So welcome to the show, Donna. Thank you so much for both of you. And as I was listening to the podcast and looking at both of you, I thought, well, actually, I've worked with both of you in growth discussions and growth strategies for your uh, small business ventures and the journeys and paths that you have chosen. So I'm excited to be here today and talk about the barriers. And I think you guys will be able to add some insight from your own experience on some of these barriers that you run into that make you make different changes. Right. So Donna, you're a growth strategist. And on organizational charts, no one sees the growth strategist anywhere in there. And it's not a function anybody associates, certainly with a small business, even though small businesses tend to grow pretty quickly. So why don't you tell us what a growth strategy is and what it does? Um, Thank you, Armando. I appreciate the opportunity. A growth strategist is, it, it, it is usually a department or a person or a function that is done from the outside. You have outside external consultants inside big companies. In small companies, they're an outside person. And uh, since I'm not intimate 
with the company. I don't get blinded and I don't get emotional with what's going on inside the business. And I'm not attached to your employees. I'm not attached to anything. And so it's really looking at what, how do you envision this, this thing that you're building? So there's a lot of different strategies that we can take and they're really very, very personal, personal business. How do you want your business to look? How do you want it to be set up? What do you want it to achieve? What do you want it to do? Because it is an investment unit for, your, for yourself, for your own personal portfolio. And so what do you, what role do you want this business that you're creating to play in your life? Interesting. I, Todd, I'd like to get your perspective on something that I see, and I, I'm not a growth strategist, but I see what I would consider a mistake that a lot of business owners make, and that is they equate growth, quote unquote growth, to one single metric, and that would be sales. Not even profitability, mm-hmm. but just sales. And it's a top right. line metric that ignores so much other stuff that's happening underneath that tip of the iceberg that to me, I sometimes feel like a business owner can get so fixated on sales growth that they're missing everything else that's happening and falling apart beneath them. True? Right. Absolutely. And what the, the dichotomy in that is as your sales grow, revenue grows, your mar- your profit shrinks. <laughs> because we don't think about the sales that we're bringing in as sales increases, complexity in our business increases. The resources increase, the need for additional people increase, and just the communication with more customers increases, more inventory increases. So you have many, many expenses that increase as your sales increase because we don't set up to scale. Scale means duplicate. So in order to be able to duplicate, we have to know what it is we're doing and what we want to duplicate because you can't duplicate everything most a lot of the times i see people duplicating the bad habits not the good things well it's just a quick follow-up on that because i i had a uh, this person would hate to call himself a business coach but for lack of a better term and the thing that he struggled with our growing company was he, we, he was fighting against our resistance to systematize because we're, we were in a, the creative business and, you know, we like to say, oh, you can't put a process around creativity. And because of that, we were like, to your point, you just triggered a thought is that how can you scale something if you can't first define what it is, then replicate mm-hmm. it and replicate mm-hmm. it. Here comes the expression at scale. And that was our problem. Right, right, right. And you don't like Armando mentioned it and you both did that. You, you, what does scale mean? because it can mean different things to different people. Scaling is duplicating. So when you look at your business, you can only make money if you duplicate something. Because if like an artist, and I look at Tom, because you are an artist, and if you're recreating every single time, you'll never get ahead, you'll always be behind, and you'll never accumulate enough money to be able to live the life that you want to live for all the reasons that you're starting this business. And a bit a business is creating a, a, is a work of art. So how are you how are you designing this business? What is this going to look like? It's not about what you're what you're doing. I mean, whether you're making widgets or you're making music or you're making paintings or you're making 
um, piston rings. It, it, that part of it doesn't really matter. That's what your passion is around. It's how are you creating the business? And the business is meant to be a lifetime business or a legacy business or to pass on. You're adding something to your community. What is it besides confusion hmm. and frustration for others? So as you go through this process of scaling or growing or designing your business, right? People don't see or run into obstacles or barriers that they didn't mm -hmm. anticipate in part because they're doing a lot of new things and they never really expected it. But what you say, what I've heard you say is that the barriers to growth are predictable and commonplace to all businesses. So why don't you talk about some of these identifiable barriers to growth and how is it that business owners aren't aware of them as they're moving forward to scale their business? Thank you, Arando. Um, the, the barriers that we come into, where they come from, is I've worked with about 10,000, over 10,000 businesses, CEOs, and small businesses. And I've worked with other consultants that we've put together what the barriers are that we come into most often. And there are, they are barriers throughout your whole journey of business. So once you master one troublesome issue, another one is going to be right behind it. So as a business owner and as a leader, you are, you're constantly running into business challenges that can become barriers if you don't know how to overcome them. So at Mighty Underdogs, we've put together hundreds of tools to help you. Help you. you can still run your business, you can still do all the work, and you can still feel the challenges, but there are tools that can help you. So when we talk about the barriers, there's a couple of areas. One is the leadership, and that's how, how are you managing your business? And what does your team look like? What does your partnerships look like? Um, who's working with you? Because your business isn't meant to be played alone. You have to play with others in order for it to work. Um, and then the second thing is uh, systems and structures. Truly, how is the work? managed? How is the work structured so that you can get completeness at the end and putting in the, the systems so that you can start to duplicate some of the, the processes? And we, we usually start with the processes that we, that we don't like and try to put those in. And that's where a lot of our software packages have come in is to help us with some of those systems. So you, the first one, leadership, next one is systems and structure. And then the third one is market dynamics, like the pandemic, like interest rates increasing, uh, like the stock market changing, like our customer going out of business, like our customer growing faster, things that we cannot control, but affect us in the path that we're trying to take and the journey we're trying to take, our strategic plan, our growth plan. Um, Armando, I've worked with you and, and we talk about the assumptions that you start your business with. And over time, if you keep those assumptions the same, you will fail because the, you have to constantly challenge the, uh, the assumptions and adjust them as the market dynamics change. So that's what your strategist does, is they're always looking 
at the situation, the outside dynamics that have changed. They're also looking for uh, structure, better structures to operate your business with. They're also looking at timing and leadership and delegation and elimination of work. Humans have a tendency to want to create more work versus trying to systemize and minimize the amount of work we do. So there's a lot of dynamics that go in. Yes, Tom. I was just going to say you touched on something without giving it too much away because I want to see if you answer the same way that I am thinking. Um, You mentioned without even maybe realizing it, one specific barrier to growth. And I'm wondering, is there a single specific barrier to growth that you see as either the most common, the most detrimental to growth, or just the the most difficult for an entrepreneur or business owner to overcome? Yeah, as you were asking that question, I thought, well, it kind of depends on where you are in your life cycle mm-hmm. and in your journey, that, that the one most difficult will be different. So that's where I met you. Once you master it at one level, another one appears in, at the second level. So at our space with entrepreneurs, solopreneurs trying to get to that million, the one most difficult is the delegation. And delegation doesn't have to be ordering or commanding people what to do or telling them what to do. You can also say, I don't know what to do. Can you help me? And people, people want to help you, but you have to ask for it. And many entrepreneurs don't ask for it. They think they can do it all themselves. They want to do it all themselves. I, I think because they want to work, they think that's what working really hard is supposed to be. It's supposed to be a struggle. It's supposed to be a challenge. It, it is, but not to the point where it's frustrating and time consuming. So it's really the delegation piece and how to get things done quickly. And that is the one thing I was thinking of. It mm-hmm. It is slightly different vein um, that I see a lot. And I myself was guilty of this. No one can do it the way I do it, right? It is that uh, we go out, you hang a shingle, you win some business, you knock it out of the park, you start growing, and then you're afraid that you're going to leave some of that success vulnerable to hiring a junior person who's less experienced. And so it's like, and I literally had a friend of mine who runs a business in uh, the craftsman woodwork uh, space. And he said, it's all a feel thing. When I'm bending that Mm -hmm, wood on that mm -hmm. machine, it's all a feel thing. I can't teach anyone that, which is garbage because he learned it, right? Mm -hmm. He wasn't bored with it. So No, I can understand that because I walk through plants, manufacturing plants. And the, people say, well, what, what do you see? What do you do? And I said, I don't know. I feel it. That's, that's the art and the creativity piece of all of our businesses. It's what we feel when we work on something or give something a service or a product. It's, what, it's, it's our inner self that we're putting inside that. So no one's ever going to duplicate you. So it's an interesting thing. And I think thing. that's that's kind of what I'm getting to. The minds the I think the limiting principle is if somebody doesn't have my specific feel, the job simply can't be done. Right. And right. And so I would hire somebody who I didn't think was as good of a writer as me. And I was afraid to delegate and say, You send that to the client. And I would look at it and say, Well, it's not perfect because it wasn't the way yeah. I did it. They would send it to the client clients over the moon. It's perfect in their eyes. So my friend, yeah, you might not be able mm-hmm. to find anyone or be able to teach how you master the field, but they're going to have their own field, and it might just be good enough. That was the point I was well, making. And, and I think that's where we try to put in you know, the 80-20. There's 80% of that that you can duplicate, 
and that you can put in a system or a process or help the, the junior person so that you do have some commonality of culture and feel and personality is similar, but the way, the delivery, the last 20% may be a little bit different because Tom's, Tom did this one because I can tell by his writing or Armando did this one because I could tell by the, by the writing, but yet their process is similar and you follow similar standards. And so you're 80% the same, but yet a little bit different. And, they're, and it's all good. That to me, that's what the diversity part is about, is having all kinds of people that work for you and with you, because you, you can't see everything. It's that kaleidoscope that I try to look at and look through, that I, I see purple all the time. I need somebody that sees yellow and green so that they can, that's my blind side, that they're not seeing, that they, and that's part of our barriers to growth, is not willing to look at the yellow or the green, the other side, where our competition will pick up on that like tomorrow. So you really, it's really a benefit to have partners, friends, when I say partners, doesn't mean financial partners, but people that you're working with, a team of differences versus a team of similars. Yeah, both of you touched on in this discussion, something that just triggered for me, that's something that I feel very strongly about. And that's the notion of unlearning what I firmly believed because I believe, and Donna, maybe you can comment on this if, if that's a barrier to growth because it's kind of the leadership mindset. And Tom, mm -hmm. you pointed it out right at the beginning when you said that you know your consultant came in and gave you some recommendations and you resisted. And I found that I resisted when I was presented with a different way of thinking and that that delayed my growth my personal growth and then the growth of my business so don i'd like you to talk about that process of letting go of ideas or beliefs so that you can be different well that's that's a good point because i i don't try to remove those and unlearn them that's where your strategic plan, your growth plan is very specific to you because it because you want to also leverage that knowledge and experience that you have because unlearned, you know, what you've learned is also an experience that adds value to where your journey and to where you're going and who's in front of you. So it's, it's maybe adjusting and updating some of those experiences and knowledge versus removing and, and unlearning. It's not, I don't want you to unlearn. I want to add to what you've already got and how do we carry it? Because nobody will be like, like you. And so if we add to it, just think of what that, that crystal ball could look like. And just think what that, you know, we're taking, someone had told me one time that, that an entrepreneur is just a, a big black of coal and, you know, not much, you can't see through it, you can't do anything with it. It's just kind of heavy and there. And what you're doing through your time with your business and yourself, because your business will only grow as much as you do, is you're trying to create that big diamond so that you can see it. It shines, it sparkles, it's crystal, and it's bright. So that's, that's your journey is going from a, a lump of coal to a bright diamond. 
And how do we do that? And it, you turn it and you change it and you polish it. And you, you're constantly, you hear the saying of polishing the stone, sharpening the stone. That's what you're doing is you're, you're, you're growing and evolving and you're hardening. Hardening can sound bad, but it's also building strength and resilience. So there's a, all of that is, is, is part of your strategic plan. And why we have growth strategies is how is it going to how's it going to grow? Is it going to grow to be a big weed and have thistles in it, or is it going to grow to be a diamond and something special? And you want to create. I want you to create something special. So looking at those barriers to growth on a regular basis, quarterly basis, things change all the time, and we want to be in a position like the pandemic to leverage when there's something that happens a surprise in the marketplace should be a gift, not a detriment. Great. Well, I my last question is going back to the barriers to growth as well as to the mindset of an entrepreneur. I'm curious if you're able to share any secrets with us on how you help entrepreneurs who are, you know, stereotypically at least they're hard-headed they're resistant to input like we just talked about and armando just re-emphasize how do you over this is the question it's sneaky what are your secrets to overcoming the barriers to overcoming the barriers to growth mm-hmm. meaning the uh, resistance to change yeah yeah i'm a, i'm a big listener and i build on your past if i get you know you start you look at your successes in your past and build on the successes. There's a future in there, there's a path there. So if we look at your successes in your personal life, what successes have you had, you can build a business around that. And then I take a look at what are you currently doing with a work flow chart? And with that work flow chart, you can see, you can unravel that ball of yarn that's in your head and start seeing what's there, what do we do well, where are we weak, and how do I start to systemize a couple of these pieces? Not the whole thing, because you can't do the whole thing, and you don't want to give up, you feel like you're giving up, so you don't want to give up the whole thing. Let's just do a little corner, and you just try to systemize and process, because what we don't talk about in our world society is managing time. We do talk about um, dollars and revenue, and we count our, our rewards on how much revenue we have or how much money we have, but no one ever talks about how much time it took to make that revenue. So your real goal is to, to do time efficiencies. And how do I, how do I, as Tom has his book out, you know, and do less, sell more. I'm a do less, make more. I wanna make more. So how do we make more and work less? And you, you have to plan that. It doesn't just happen by magic. Yeah, that's so. great. Well, Donna, you've shared a lot of knowledge with us and you've given people a little bit of a sample of what it is they can expect when they uh, come to Mighty Underdogs. So why don't you tell us for our show notes and for our audience what, uh, how we get to Mighty Underdogs and how we find you? Oh, Mighty Underdogs has like, free tools and lots of free free information, low cost information, because we really want you to grow. So it's www.mightyunderdogs.club because we are a community and we are a club to help each other. 
and I'm Donna Hover from Mighty Underdogs, and I'm delighted to be here today. Thank you. And thank you for being here, Donna, and sharing your insights into the barriers to business growth, small, medium, and even a little bit large. Um, Donna Hover, growth strategist and co-founder of Mighty Underdogs. Thanks, Donna. Thank you. And thank you for listening to today's Mighty Underdog podcast. This podcast provides information and insights to existing small business owners poised to scale their business. So join us again for another edition of our Mighty Underdogs podcast.